You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is Mike on the Mic on GGR Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford and this is Mike on the Mic. Thank you for joining us this evening. I've got two very special guests tonight. I have the wonderful and talented uh, executive producer of Rock Deep Rogue Radio. Uh, Her name is Tamika Rector. Hey, hey. And I also have the talented and mercurial, just because I love that word. Um, yeah, right? Isn't that a good one? Uh, his name is MC Brooks. Yo. <laughs> fellow podcaster and contributor extraordinaire on GGR. Um, we are here tonight because these two folks, first off, they're, they're friends of mine. But secondly, they are DC sports fans just like myself. And we um, are going to do a little bit of a 2018 recap of what was the sports year in D.C. And a little bit look forward to 2019. Um, and really, like, it, it's, it should be pretty fun. Um, in some aspects, it's going to be very depressing and sad. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, a little, you know, spoiler alert, uh, the football team's horrible. Um, and not even like that bad on the field. They're just really, really bad, like in everything else, but we will get to that. I swear. I promise. I promise. I promise. I wanted to start off here. Um, I want to start off with the baseball team because they're the only ones not, well, technically the football team's not playing anymore either. Um, but football season is still going. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the, uh, the Washington nationals first, uh, because they're not, um, their season starts here in February. We'll see spring training. Um, but just overall, uh, their 2018 really left a lot to be desired. Um, I think that everybody was really expecting great things from them with a new young manager uh, with, I mean, the, just the incredible talent that they had. And they just, it didn't, it didn't pan out. I mean, like, if you were going to kind of play, I wouldn't say place blame, but like, if you could fi- like kind of put your finger on what it was that caused their issues, uh, MC, what do you think it was? Um combination of things uh i would start actually with the manager um i know we don't agree on this but you know i was i was still a fan of dusty and the fact that they were competitive i mean you're probably right you were you were probably right in in that they probably maxed out kind of where they were going to be able to go but the the drop off that they had this year was just it, it, it was ridiculous, you know what I'm saying? And and th- this team has like this Nationals team uh, on appeared to be pretty loaded with talent, both uh, from the hitting from the from their hitters and also from their bullpen. Now, granted, they didn't really have a closer going into this year, or excuse me, going into last year. But I would start first with manager. I would probably also. Uh, tie-in injuries because I, I do understand that they had a boatload of injuries. Daniel Murphy missed a significant amount of time uh, coming into the season, and then even when he came back, 
you know, it still took him a while to kind of get going. Yeah, he had uh, he had micro fracture surgery on his knee, which um, yeah, a lot of basketball players have had surgery on that too. I can't remember if it was Durant or um, who it was that had that micro fracture surgery. That it's it just like oh no, it was uh, what was the guy's name? They came out at the same time, Durant and um, big tall dude from Texas. Oh, um, Odin, Greg Odin. Yeah, and that pretty much ruined his career. Like he, yep, he had. Yeah, and he never was able to recover. Never, yeah. never recovered. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And, and I imagine that's that. I mean, it's hella devastating, especially in a sport like baseball, when where you rely on your knees for everything, whether you're hitting, especially if you play second base or an outfield position. Like you, you need your knee for everything. So it's not surprising that he struggled. But those would be the two things. Uh, the two things, and and then the third thing I would say would probably be just the same general inconsistencies that we've seen from this nationals team the last couple years, you know, when, when pitching happens to be good, no run support or when, 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 when the hitters are actually hitting and, and there, a couple of different guys had a uh, really bad uh, hitting slumps this year. But when, when, when they, when, when they seem to have a good hitting day, pitchers couldn't just, just couldn't seem to, to get out of innings. So, well, and yeah. what, what frustrated me about them was, and this is the way they've been for the last few years too, is like they're very inconsistent with runners in st- scoring position, and like yep. that's that's what has been their downfall in the playoffs too. Whenever they got into the playoffs, it seems like as soon as people got on base, they just couldn't get them in, and like that is yep. you want to talk about like the end all be all of moving on in, in the playoffs and in, in in Major League Baseball, it's scoring runs it sounds stupid you know it's like it, it like those stupid guys you'll hear as announcers you know like who do you think is going to win the game today bob well i think the guy who scores the most points is going to win like no shit like seriously i mean it's you got to score runs but like <laughs> this team just for whatever reason they'll hit a single you know uh, a, a one run home run and that's it or maybe a two run home run but you'll have guys on second and third with one out and you'll get two outs in a row like you're they're not producing and to your point with pitching they knew going in that they were going to have problems with pit, with pitching. Yep. And they never picked up another starter. And they just picked up guys off the trash heap. Uh, they picked yep. up uh, Jeremy Hellickson, who was garbage. They wouldn't even let Jeremy Hellickson start more than five innings. He was not allowed to go past five <laughs> innings. Because there was some crazy stat where if he pitched more than five innings, like the, the team like got wise to him. And just started batting him around. Like, and it was it was crazy, yep. too. He actually had like no hitters going into like the fifth inning. And they would pull him. Because... Yep. He's, he's ineffective after that. And it's like, this is the guy you get, a guy who can only go five innings? Like, yep. it just, it seemed, that the strategy was wrong there, and it just kind of leads to what we've talked about before, yep. of having management in the DC sports teams, thinking that they know it all, and it turns out that they're just idiots. It, that they don't. Uh, a fun, a, I just I actually just looked up this stat. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, run, uh, runners left on base, they yeah. were the second worst team in baseball last year. As go. far as as far as leaving guys on base. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That, well, there you go. That, they, that's a huge they were, answer. Excuse me. They were tied for set tied for second worst with Cincinnati. Yeah, and Cincinnati was like towards the bottom of the league. So like the, yeah. the Nationals ended eighty two and eighty, second in the National League. And that's the scary part about this too, is they literally were only they ended up being eight games behind the, the Braves. Like eight games in a hundred and sixty two game season. Like that's nothing. That is that is literally like like a couple of pitchers having better games, a couple of hitters having better games. How yeah. Howie Kendrick not blowing out his Achilles tendon. Like it's and towards the and towards the end of the season, it did look like they were going to catch. 
they were going to catch up or or make it very interesting late yeah. despite despite all the moves that they made Bryce Harper seemed to you know rediscover how to hit yeah right and he 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 he, he went on a, a little bit of a streak towards the end and they they sort of got it together but it just it just wasn't enough because they ultimately fell short yeah um Mika, I know you're not a huge baseball fan, but I mean, any any thoughts or insights on on what happened with the Nats last year? Um, I have none because I I just I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch, and that's so hey, I, I have nothing to say. Hey, that's fair because I know when we get to the football team, you are going to have a bevy of content, so no worries. There. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If, if, in fact, if you want an apt comparison, yeah. You can actually compare the Nats to another team we'll talk about later yeah. prior to this year yeah. in that the, their trajectory with the Caps appeared to be the same thing, yeah. which would be teams that were very talented and really good during the regular season, but ultimately when it came to the postseason, just could not get it together yeah. and, 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 and could not play up to teams that they were good enough to beat but just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, I, I think that... A lot of people like to turn their um, their ire towards um, Davey Martinez, the the new manager, um, because it's just it's the easiest thing to do. Because Dusty wasn't yeah. there, um, he's the new factor involved, and like, I, yeah, okay, maybe he made some bad decisions, but also he's a first year manager, and I like the energy that he brought. I like that he's a outside the box thinker. Like that was the that was my biggest issue with with Dusty. And God, I love Dusty. Dusty is a legend. But Dusty was yeah. so old baseball. Like he was so like, this is these are my decisions and this is what I'm doing and this is how baseball is. But like he cost the Nationals a game in the playoffs. Had he been on his game, had he had people on his staff that knew the rule book, that catcher interference call that they went against Matt Weeders, it wouldn't have gone against Matt Weeders. It would have gone against the batter because it was the batter's fault and it would have been a dead yeah. ball and that would have ended the inning. But they. Again, Dusty didn't notice it. None of his bench coaches no- noticed it. That's why you want somebody like Dave Martinez. And like, I just yeah. think that, given some time and the right people around him, first off, they need to find a better hitting coach because they need to find That's somebody a, who, yes. who teaches them how to hit when it matters and not like they basically had these guys working on their trajectory. So it's like, hey, we can hit more home runs. Well, a lot of freaking good that did. Like, that's not yeah. gonna help you. And like, they right. just, they seem to miss that completely. And like, they they. Already, I will say this: in 2019, they've already made some signings. Like they they picked up uh, left-handed pitcher Patrick Corbin, who really, I mean, honestly, he's replacing Gio Gonzalez. Let's be honest: a left-hander to replace Gio. Um, they got rid of Tanner Roark, which I was kind of sad to see. I, I really liked Tanner Roark a lot. Oh no, no. <laughs> yeah, he went to, he went to Cincinnati. Are you not are you not Ooh. a fan? No, Roark. No, no. I no. <laughs> Whenever he was pitching, I was like, ah. Oh. Um, I don't know who's gonna show up. I got gotcha. you. Might be an might be an L. Yeah, he had a r- you know, he had a rough start to the season, but he bounced back really really well. Like, yeah. Um, they also signed a guy from Atlanta. A guy's name is Anibal Sanchez, who is another yes. starting pitcher, and for whatever reason, just always pitched lights out against the Nationals. So yep, that that's I mean, it, it's a smart strategy. If yeah. you, I mean, if you can't beat them, join them. Exactly. Yeah, and they <laughs> bring them in. They brought on. Um, they brought on Matt Adams again, which Matt Adams was on the team in 2017. But when they started um, not doing so hot, they sent him back to St. Louis for some money, um, just like they did with Daniel Murphy. And, like, I don't know if they're going to bring back Daniel Murphy. He is a free agent this year. Um, I don't know if we're going to see him again. 
in a Nats uniform. I like the dude a lot. Um, I thought he was a yeah, really, really good hitter. Um, I just don't know if they're going to bring him back. And honestly, like maybe they're focusing more on the young movement here, and they're trying to keep. They're trying to stay young. And, oh yeah, yeah, because they got oh, a yeah. lot of really good young talent. Yeah, we we'd be doing a, a big disservice to the listeners if we didn't take a moment to talk about Juan Soto. Oh yeah, in the year he had. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, man. Like tell tell us all about it's, this this stud, he, dude. He, he, he and it's crazy because he he seemingly just came out of nowhere, yeah. And, and like I follow the Nets, but I don't like I'm not someone who is like who follows them to the point where I can tell you about prospects and who's good and about their minor league teams and their farm system. Like I I, I can't do do any of that. I'm I'm mostly a casual fan, but I do watch and I do go to games. Um, but but th- this kid this kid. It just seemed like from the moment he got his opportunity, I think he hit a home run on in his first game as a national. I might, it might be wrong. I might be wrong on that. But we haven't seen a young player kind of come in and instantly energize this franchise since Bryce Harper came. Yeah, or, or Strasburg. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and he, with Strasburg, too, like, it. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but it just seemed like he never – consistently put it all together to be like that pitcher like he's good yeah he's good I'm, I'm happy he's a national but he seems like but, he's always hurt yeah yeah and like I remember and I remember when the, I was at the game when he made his debut and I and I remember like the, the the crowd completely going crazy when he when he stepped out when he when he got his first strikeout you know I had my Strasburg shirt on every like it it, it was it was crazy but 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 Juan Soto, you know, he's he's not a p- pitcher. You know, generally, casual fans of baseball, if you're watching, you're watching because you want hits. You want to see the exciting stuff. And Juan Soto seemed to provide that spark whenever he got whenever he got an opportunity. And even when uh, Bryce Harper was going through that really really awful uh, hitting slump this year, Juan Soto provided you know enough offense. For, for the for the team to still be competitive, even while, you know, the the superstar, the guy who's been here for forever, the guy who you know many thought was going to be a national for life, was 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 struggling down the stretch. And you know, this, and, and it's crazy because he's he's still a really young player, and he's only going to get better. He you know he I felt like he put baseball on notice this year, you know on 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 a on a on a Nationals team that drastically underachieved, and. If if you were looking for pieces, if you were looking for who's going to help carry this franchise in the post Bryce Harper era, assume, assuming that they don't magically work something out before spring training starts, then 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 this kid this kid is it, you know. Like this, even if you're a casual baseball fan, that's a name you want to you want to you want to keep circled, a, a name you want to keep in the back of your head because he's he's going to be the guy for the Nationals going forward. I just looked at um, this guy Corbin that they picked up from Arizona, uh, the left-handed pitcher. Um, he was eleven and seven last year with a three fifteen ERA. He had two hundred and forty six strikeouts. Why Ooh. is why is that of note? Because Max Scherzer broke the three hundred strikeout mark, and that was something to be accomplished. This guy was only fifty four behind that. That's not yeah. bad at all. Like that's yeah. That's and he's been. 
Let's see, how long has he been in the league? Uh, it says major league uh, stats. He's 56 and 54 with a 391 ERA. He's played. He's uh, pitched in 172 games, started 152, um, 945 innings pitched, 897 strikeouts. So this, this he seems like he's the dude, you know? Like he seems yeah. like this guy's got something. Like he's been around it- since 2012 with the Arizona card or Arizona Cardinals, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mixed my sports there for a second. <laughs> um, but I think that's I, I'm pretty excited about this. Like, I just I think yeah. that they can do it and it, I hate to see it. But like, think about other teams that got rid of like the big, big, big name players. And as soon as they got rid of the big name players, they did some really big things. Like a uh, perfect example is when Ken Griffey Jr. left the Mariners uh, as much as everybody hated to see him go. Um, the Mariners actually, if I remember correctly, they ended up going on a tear and winning the most games in the league. Let me see what, if I can remember when he left. I got to look it up. But like, if they got extra money to spend on other players, that's not going to be a horrible thing. True. Especially, True. Like, I mean, it, yeah. and, and and that's assuming you know that the the moves they've made so far have been have been good. You know, yeah. and, and that's always the that's always the the thing too. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, you you can get rid of, you know, get rid of. You can not overpay a guy, you know, more than you think they're worth, and use that money for 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 other for other players. But you also have to be smart about who you do give the money to with the other players that you're bringing in too. And and you know, just from the moves that they've made, it, it appears that they've it appears that they've they've made some good moves so far. You know that you know bringing back Suzuki. You know, Corbin got a yeah, huge contract. Right. Yeah. You know, I Corbin got a, brought back uh, Kurt Suzuki, who I've always liked. Yeah. Yeah. Jan Gomes uh, was brought in. Uh, uh, Kyle Bearclaw. Claw, I don't know. Yeah, good name. pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's actually pronounced Bearclaw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've made some they've made some good moves, yeah. you know, so far. And, and so, you know, you're going to we're, we're going to assume that, you know, Juan Soto is is going to take the the next step um uh my guy you know the, a guy i've been rooting for for forever yeah my guy michael a taylor may uh, take yeah. a step this season too yeah. you know yeah. i so i was not a huge fan of michael a taylor's and i'll tell you why um it seemed like every single time a big moment came up michael a taylor was screwing something up and he, yep. he just pissed me off, and I was so mad at him. I was like, I was like, you were such a sack of shit. Like I was just like, I don't even want to see you play. And then that game against the Cubs in the playoffs, when Strasburg struck out like eighty five thousand people, yeah. and it was like one. I want to say it was like one nothing Nats. And then Taylor hit a freaking grand slam. I was like, you know what? Oh, everything, yeah. everything I said about you, Michael A. Taylor, I, I apologize for because you were the dude. Yeah. Like you are the I- man. <laughs> I literally, I literally jumped out of my bed and started running around when he when he hit that ball. I was, yeah, that's my guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for him until he's not a gnat anymore, and, and hopefully he can take it, take the next step as, as well. Um, I did a little research and I was right. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. signed with the uh, Cincinnati Reds in 2000, um, and then it was 2001 that the Mariners set the record for most wins in a season, which was promptly broken by the Yankees of the following season. Um, but like, yeah, like so your biggest superstar player leaves, but you have money to do other things with it. Um, yeah, I mean it's it sucks. Uh, and if if Harper leaves, like I don't want him to leave because he's a once in a generation talent. But the Nats offered him three hundred million dollars, and he turned it down because he thinks he's worth yeah. more. 
Now, maybe he will be worth more, but, like, he hasn't gotten signed yet. So that's kind of telling you something. Yeah. I mean, it's and and the thing is, he's been linked to several teams. You know, it it seemed like the Dodgers was going to be the move. They've they've been talking about him going to the Yankees for almost two years now, and and they weren't weren't interested enough. Well, uh, they were they, talking about him going to the to the Cubs or White Sox. Once they signed, uh, once the Yankees signed, um, what's the guy's name? Um, I, I can't remember Stanton. Um, once they signed, oh yeah, Giancarlo. Yeah, yeah, when they start, when they signed Giancarlo Stanton, that pretty much said we're not really interested in Bryce because they're not going to have yeah. enough money to do. I mean, the Yankees they could do it, but like they're not going to. Yeah, do it, the, but, yeah, they're just not going to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and they and, and they were they were close last year anyway. So, you know, um, I, I think that 2019 is going to be a good year for this team. Um, I, I really hope that it is. I hope that they put it together. I hope they don't do what they did last year and wait until too late to try to fix their problems. If they're having problems with pitching, they need to go out and fix it. Like it needs to it needs to be now or never because you're going to start losing these players, man. Like Zimmerman, Zimmerman's my guy just because he's been there since the beginning, since 2005. He's like the only yes, player of left. Of course, he's always been my favorite. You're going to start losing these guys. They're going to start retiring. They're going to you're not going to be able to pay them anymore. I, I think that your window is about to close, and it's really going to depend on what Bryce does. But ultimately, I think this team is good one way or the other. Whether they have him or they don't have him, I think yeah. they're going to they're going to be fine. Well, I mean, judging from everything that they've done so far, it, it appears like they're they're going into this as if he's just not going to be there. And if he comes back, cool. But they're they're living life and and working as if Bryce is just not there because well, he isn't. Yeah, I think I'm I'm excited, and I and I didn't get to go to a game last year, so I think um, we'll have to go. And I didn't realize you were such a big big baseball fan, so I, I think we might have to make that a a GGR outing. Um, but as oh, always, absolutely. As always, Miss Tamika, I will extend the olive branch to you and uh, the Rock Deep Rogue Radio uh, ladies of sports to both uh, you and Miss Yolanda. You guys are welcome to join us uh, when we go to a game at Nats Park, even though I know you're not a big baseball fan. No, I'm not, but I'll go. I've been to one game in in my life. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have to twist your, twist your arm to go to a live sporting event, right? No, not at all. <laughs> let's um, let's talk about a sport that you guys are both going to know a heck of a lot more about than I am, uh, and that's the NBA. That is uh, our Washington Wizards. Ugh. I <laughs> this this year. Now, this is the thing is I want to talk about last year too because last year did go into 2018. Um, what what I know they they got into the playoffs and they just did not do well in the playoffs. Um, nobody really expected them to do well in the playoffs. What happened to this team? Because it wasn't that long ago that they were they were fighting and they took the Celtics to Game Seven um, and almost got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, what what happened to this team in that short period of time that they're falling apart? Okay, so to 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 give it proper context, we're gonna have to go back to 2014 so you can understand. So back in 2014. Uh, the Wizards team was was pretty good. Uh, they were they 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 won a, a ton of games. They made a decent playoff run, but ultimately uh, got eliminated. Trevor Ariza was still a member of the of the team at that point, and uh, you know th- there was a lot to be excited about with this Wizards team. You know John Wall and Bradley Beal were seemingly coming into their own, and yeah, they like they 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 there was a legitimate case that you could make 
for them as the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference, possibly even the NBA, but at least in the Eastern Conference, the best backcourt. And then their GM, Ernie Grunfield, who has been there for 14 years, 13 years, I believe, 13, 14 years. He's been there. He, he's the, if I, if I remember correctly, I believe he is the longest tenured GM of any team right now. For a team that's never even gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals, for, never made for, the NBA for playoffs. Team, or for a team, yeah, has not done that. You has know? not won 50 games. He's the only, this team has not won 50 games in his tenure, which is crazy for, for, for him to still be employed. But uh, 2014, so they get eliminated. So the big looming thing that the, the big looming thing, what happens that year in 2014? LeBron makes the decision to go back home. He decides mm-hmm. to go back to Cleveland after. Puts the idea in Ernie's head, like, oh, there's an NBA superstar who's from who's from this area, who is a top five player in the NBA, who still has family here. Maybe we'll try to lure him home. So the the Wizards' strategy at that point was they let a lot of guys go. They 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 let their bench go to crap, and they let guys like Trevor Ariza go. Even though you know there's conflicting reports about whether Ariza even wanted to be here anymore, um, but they they essentially let it let it go. Now the following year ended up not being that bad because they replaced Trevor Ariza with a Paul Pierce. So. The team, so the team at that point still, you know, not not, you know, they were still still good, and and, and Pierce was was experienced enough that him replacing Ariza, like there wasn't really a drop off. He wasn't the defender that Ariza was, but he still gave you a ton in experience and veteran leadership, and he was still, you know, he was still a, a good closer and good player for them. But what happens that year? Wizards signed uh, Kevin Durant's AAU coach onto their staff, and they again, they're 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 selling out to try to lure Kevin Durant here. So again, Paul Pierce wants to come back after that after that season, and they're 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 not really giving out money because they're trying to hold the cap space for it. So so they're unable to sign. They're they're unable to really even. Uh, go after guys that they can actually afford who would want to be there. It's guys like Al Horford, <laughs> who I hate, but saw <laughs> the thing. Yeah. Uh, guys like Al Horford, who, you know, were interested in coming here, but ultimately decided to go elsewhere because of money and because of management. You know, and Horford obviously made the better decision than going to Boston. Uh, so then 2016 comes. Kevin Durant's a free agent. Kevin Durant at this point, has also been telling the Wizards for two years, I'm not coming to D.C. Not coming to D.C. Did not even entertain them. Did not give them a meeting about coming there. And the Wizards still held out even longer. Even longer. And then tried to get in the free agency really late. And all the good players who could have helped ultimately weren't available anymore. And then, from that point, you've had You've had Ernie trying to trying to just sign guys who he thought could be here. You know, you've had you've had them give big money to Otto Porter Jr. and John Wall, who honestly deserved it at the time he got it. Yeah. But 
with 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 him with the way he had been playing prior to injury this year, like it, it looks like one of the worst contracts in, in in history. Even though like he to that to that point, you know, seemingly deserved it. He was he was a fringe elite player. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, for for in the in the NBA and 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 arguably a top five point guard. So we, we all thought that that was like going to be. That was it. Like he, he was going to take the next step. Like I, that's that's what was baffling it, to me was because I was wa- I was I wasn't like actively watching, but I was kind of following them and hoping that they were going to do well. And yeah, just and that's what I was hoping too. Yeah, and and the thing is, you can tell over the last couple of years, John has been working on that jump shot. He's been he's been he's because he can get to the hole. He's probably one of the fastest guys in the in the NBA. But you know he he knew that he needed to develop a jump shot, and he he's been steadily working on that jump shot. So fast forward, they they got rid of Whitman a couple years back. They bring in they again they they hire Scott Brooks, which again was another move to try to lure Kevin Durant here. Like hey, we got your old coach who you didn't want fired. Hey, he's now in D.C. in your hometown. You want to come here, <laughs> even though he again. Was not interested. Like he loves Scott Brooks, but was not interested in coming. This is not like, interested in coming here. Th- it just and, reminds me of like you know every. I think we all have a friend like this who like breaks up with their significant other, and they're like, "I'm gonna get him back, man," and I'm gonna do this romantic thing, and I'm gonna do this romantic yeah. thing, and we're all like, "Dude, she's she's moved on. She's found yeah. somebody else. Like she's exactly. she just got engaged. Yeah, exactly." And yeah. he's like, "No, no, give man, I can I can win her back." I can, I can bring no her back. no coming back from it. Nah, dude. Yeah. She, she's gone. Like, and I, I remember being at Wizards games, and they had, like, a Come Home KD yeah. video playing. And I'm like, are y'all serious right now? Like, this is too much. Yep. And, and, and all that did was piss, Kev, piss KD yeah. off. Because he because KD was also like, so on, to, so on top of me already saying that I'm not coming here anyway, now... I'm 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 an opponent in in your in, in your arena and you're cheering on me instead of your team. Why would yeah. I want to come here? I so, that was that was crazy. Yeah, like he has spoken on it many times. Wizards fans are weird though, man. Like I definitely remember I can't remember exactly the situation, but I remember there was something where the Lakers were in town, right? And something happened and everybody was cheering for the Lakers. And I remember somebody saying, this is embarrassing, dude. Like, why are, why are the home fans cheering for the Lakers? Like, well, with it, with it, it's, it's a twofold thing. And, yeah. and, and, and it's kind of the same thing that happens with uh, FedEx Field. The Wizards were a bad team for so long. I mean, yeah, you, you, I mean, you can go through the, the laundry list of, of knuckleheads that came through here between Gilbert Arenas and 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 Nick Young and younger JaVale McGee and right. Andre Platch. Like the Wizards were a bad team <laughs> for so long. Like even even Wale, who is who is their who is their ambassador? Yeah. Wale five years ago tweeted about how he was a Lakers fan and not a Wizards fan because they were trash. <laughs> like well, well, maybe like six years, six, seven years ago, because it was it was before they actually got kind of good. But well, just like think, just yeah. think about it from like the outsider standpoint. Like, and and this works well because I'm not a huge basketball fan. But like, when you rattle off like legit basketball team names, like if you're just like if you're talking to some rando that doesn't really know basketball, right? And you rattle off basketball team names, the ones that you think of off the top of your head, uh, the Knicks, the Lakers, the Bulls, the Celtics. Um, 
like those are the ones that immediately come to your mind and yeah. like no nobody gives a damn about the wizards yeah. like, no. and, and, and they and haven't that, done anything to change that in anybody's mind either yeah. And and see that that and that that was and that was the that was the weird thing and it that it, it actually speaks to something that we've all spoken about uh, on many occasions and something I'm sure we'll speak about with the the next team we'll discuss yeah. which is how Washington D.C. is largely a football town yeah although the other franchises appear to be having more success I mean you look back uh, just a few a few years ago. Uh, I think it was the wizard, the the when the Skins had their four and twelve season, and the 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 Caps, Wizards, and Nationals all made the playoffs, and no one here seemed to care. And I think that was the same year the Wizards uh, even they won a series that they actually were not predicted to win. They beat the Hawks team that everyone else had picked them to sweep oh, Washington. Oh yeah, I remember and instead, that. And instead, the Wizards ended up sweep ended up sweeping them instead. And it, it just speaks to the fact that, like, it's such a football town here, and the Wizards were bad for so long yeah. that even when they were winning and 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 doing well a few years ago, no one seemed to really care. Like there there wasn't that momentum uh, in the city that hey, like yeah, you know, they're the Skins are four and twelve and blah blah blah. But hey, the Wizards won forty eight games this year, and they're in the second round of the playoffs, like. <laughs> like they're they're yeah it's 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 weird you know and it's because the wizards have been have been bad for so long and 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 now that people started to kind of come around on them now because of management they're bad all over again for for a a number a number 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 of reasons most notably ernie um, and I, I have a thing on Ernie, but before I get into it, you know, Tamika, do you have anything? Do you have any input? Uh, what's going on with this Wizards team before I get into, you know, the last ten years of Ernie? I kind of want to hear what you have to say, but no, I mean, I, I I agree, I agree with you. I am not. I'm I'm one of them Lakers fans, okay? <laughs> I follow I follow the Wizards. But I'm a Lakers fan. I've been so since Kobe was in the league. So, you know, I'm not hopping on nobody's bandwagon or anything like that. But the Wizards, I mean, yes, they are the home team, and but they got they got to they got to get something going. Like I'm excited for them one year, and then it's like, well, what what the hell are y'all doing? You up in the game, and then you know you you lose the lead. It's just it's a lot of factors that's going on into this Wizards team that I just I don't understand. Yeah, well, and yeah. I don't understand, and I'm, is, though, and I'm. Oh no, I'm sorry, Tamika. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was gonna say that like I can't even fault you for being a Lakers fan because there's no culture for being a Wizards fan or a Bullets fan. Mm. And I'll give you a perfect yep. example, man. When I was a kid, I was lucky enough that I had an aunt that was that worked at the ticket office for two places. She worked at RFK and she worked at um, at the Capitol Center. So I got to go see Caps games all the time when I was a kid and I got snuck into Redskins games all the time too. Um, but <laughs> I never really wanted to go see the Wizards, or they weren't the Wizards at the time, they were the Bullets. I never really bullets. wanted to go see the Bullets because I didn't care. And then... All of a sudden, there's this new basketball team that shows up that's got these sweet teal and purple jerseys. They got Larry Johnson. They got Alonzo Mourning. They got Muggsy Bogues. I wanted to go see the damn Charlotte Hornets play. So the first Bullets game that I ever went to was because I wanted to see another team. 
Like that tells you mm. how like uninterested anybody is in the damn bullets is like no they're just a non factor. And like yep. like and, and we'll speak to this a, a, a more in just a little bit here. As you mentioned earlier, Marcus, and I want to talk about that, DC is a, is a football town. And it and it is, but I got a feeling that that might is that is might become a was here real real soon because oh, oh yeah no we're absolutely going to get into that because yeah. there's there's a lot to unpack with yeah with with mo- the last team we'll discuss I'll, yeah. I'll I'll say that yeah because the next team we're going to discuss and actually you know before we do that I'll give you guys some parting remarks here anything else you got to say uh, about the wizards like the only thing I I, I really want to say about them is again they're a non-factor they don't matter and that's that bums me out because I love what they've done with their colors I'm glad they brought back the red white and blue I'm g- glad that Ted Leonsis is is owning this team and doing some smart moves, but God, Ted, you need to get rid of Ernie Grunfeld. Like he is yes. ruining this franchise, and yes. like uh, he's so, got so, he's got to go. Yeah. So so let me let me give you the, the 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 Ernie thing that I have. So in the last ten years, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna remove the John Wall pick and the Bradley Beal pick and the Otto Porter pick because you know those turned out, you know those were obvious picks. And they, they worked out. But aside from that, in the last 10 years, they have had 25 picks in the last 10 years in their draft. 25 picks. Yeah. Of those 25 picks, only two are on the roster. Only two. And they just shipped off. It, it was three. It was three when I actually found this info out. Yeah. But they shipped they shipped him off uh, to get Trevor Reza a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And Kelly Oubre. Oh yeah, Oubre. And Oubre. Do you but, remember when I uh, asked you what happened to Jan Vesely and we looked it up? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, what happened? You know what? I forget that question. What happened to him? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, let me look it up. <laughs> yeah. So while, while he looks that up, check, oh, check this out. In 2009, the the number had the number five pick. Traded for uh, two Rena players, passed on Steph Curry that year. Twenty ten, twenty ten, Trevor Booker didn't oh last very long. Twenty eleven, Jan Vesely. Now they picked Vesely at six with Kawhi Leonard and Clay Thompson on the board. That same, that same. Hold on, that same draft, that same draft. They pick up Singleton with Jimmy Butler, Kenneth Fareed, Tobias Harris, Corey jo- Joseph, and Miritich on the board. Mm. Jesus. They also had Shelvin Mack, mm. who is a journeyman and doesn't play for anyone right now. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, and he's, he's the, got this the next, basketball thing figured out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the, the next year was Sadaransky. <laughs> Sadaransky's on the roster now. He's, he's solid, but he didn't come over until last year. Now, he took Sadaransky with Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder, Will Barton on the board. And, and, and the, the, like, the rest of these moves are just guys are, are just picks that were traded for players who mostly are not in the league. And the, the guy, one of the two guys they picked this year isn't playing despite the fact that now they have injuries, and now they need wing players. And you would think, hey, our first-round pick should get some playing time so he can get better. And instead, he's riding the bench. Meanwhile, the other guy that they picked is essentially in the same 
in the same uh, line of work as Jan Vesely right now. <laughs> Vesely and Sadoransky in the sense of, yeah, we're going to draft this European guy who's not going to come over for like three years. And then, you know, maybe he'll play. Maybe not. Who knows? Oh. So, yeah. Fire Ernie. That's that's my parting. So, my parting <laughs> just to recap, we did we did this on, on the episode where we trashed uh, Ernie and uh, Bruce Allen. But um, here's the stat lines for um, Jan Vesely while he was here in D.C. Uh, in his first season with the Washington Wizards, he averaged 4.7 points and 4.4 rebounds in his first season. His second season, he averaged 2.5 points and 2.4 rebounds and shot 31% from the free throw line. Just so you know. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, um, his free throw percentage, like for his career, was fifty two point seven percent. A guy who we trashed, we trashed on a regular basis for not being able to shoot free throws, was fifty two point seven percent, and Jan Vesely was thirty two or was 30, yeah thirty one percent from the free throw line. He went on the Den- he went on the Denver in two thousand fourteen. Um, same thing, four point four points a game, three point seven rebounds. Wow. This is, the best, this is yep. the best part, though. Here's what he said about himself. <laughs> Besley has been compared to European NBA superstars Dirk Nowitzki and Andre Karolinko. He also considered ah. himself to be the second coming of Blake Griffin. Oh. oh. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Oh. This is when you need to play the DJ Khaled. Congratulations. You played yourself. Okay. Uh, oh, that, for is, real. that has been added, <laughs> sir. The nerve. You don't compare good. yourself to them? No. <laughs> it's just, like somebody wow. asking him, hey, who do you play? Like, he's like, I am like, I am like second coming of Blake Griffin. <laughs> you ain't like nobody. You are like some nah, shit. Fam. Oh, my oh, God. That's, wow. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> just, just so you know, um, for the low, low price of $34.99, you can pick up yourself a Jan Vesely Czech Republic's uh, jersey on oh, eBay. no. Yeah. That's when you got to insert the Kawaii Leonard yeah. laugh for real. <laughs> His laugh, dude. That is that has been like, oh. oh, that was such a great find. Finding that and hearing that. And I had never heard it before. And I was like, well, what is that? It, oh. you, bro, you've got you've to gotta go watch the, the, the evolution of his laugh. Yeah. Oh, it, my it's, God. It's been. It, it, it. He had a couple steps to get to what we heard. Last. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it right now. You guys aren't gonna be able to hear it, but they'll, they'll be able to hear it on the podcast. I listen quick. to that. Oh Yourself? my goodness! And what would you like people to know about you. I'm in stitches every time. Like every time I need I need a good laugh. I'm a fun I play guy. That. Um, obviously, I love the game of basketball. He said, "I'm a fun guy. Uh, I love the game of basketball." Sound... I mean, it's just more questions. Like, it sounded painful. Me, um, <laughs> I just can't give you a whole spill. Never I heard, heard someone sound like, like, like it was too, like it was at. painful for them to, to <laughs> let a laugh out. <laughs> that is, I gotta play that again. Hang on, I, I'm playing his laugh again. Hang on, hang on. Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Oh, that is that is funny. Great. That is great. That is great. Oh, Kawhi Leonard. Oh man. Um, yeah. yeah. So the Wizard garbage. I wish they weren't. Like I, I want. Yeah. I want to go see their games, man, because they're dirt cheap. But like I don't. Feel yeah. Like- well, yeah. They're they're especially cheap now that John Wall ain't playing. I was I was actually uh, roasting my homegirl because she has she has season tickets for some reason. Yeah. To go mm-hmm. see. To, 
You know, it's actually, it's actually funny that I mentioned that because the uh, she says she were she the other day she filled out a survey and pretty much trashed them, and they <laughs> responded by sending her two hundred level seats uh, tickets to their game. Get to their game, uh, the the one they played yesterday bro, against Phoenix. Bro, do do a survey. Go find a survey. Do one real quick. <laughs> I don't care. That's like, what I'm yo. thinking right now. Let me go do a survey. Yeah, you I guys. Was like, yeah. I, was like, I was like, yo, they normally give you nosebleeds when for the, for that, and they give me you. Lo- I was like, you know what that is? They signed you they as an need- assistant coach. Like, you yeah, they're just like we need somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like that. I was like, you know what that is? That they need butts and seats for the TV rating, so it yeah, don't look empty. Do. It don't look as empty as it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. And if you got 400 level seats, they should let your ass come on down. Come on down anyway. Oh, come on down. We're gonna fill this up. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's have a little a little joy in our in our lives yes. when it comes to the sports world for just a uh. second here. Um, let's talk about the C A P S Caps 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 the damn World Champions of 2018. Like I I've I've gushed about this so many times, but you know what? I don't care because do it again. I'm gonna do you it again. Earned it. We did. There was there was a time when and and I can I remember exactly when it was it was 2011 it was the 2011 playoffs the Caps had just de- demolished the New York Rangers in the first round and they played the Tampa Bay Lightning in the second round and the Tampa Bay Lightning swept them and it wasn't even like oh each game was five to four or four to three no Tampa Bay dismantled them and made them look like like chumps and and I and even my wife who's not a huge sportsman was watching the games with me and she said at one point she was like. The Lightning look like they have more people on the ice all the time. They're always around the puck. And I was like, that's the problem with the Caps. And I was so distraught when they lost that series. I couldn't even talk about hockey for like a week. Like if anybody brought up the Caps, I was, it was like, it was like a, a, a family member had passed away. It was that bad. I was, <laughs> I was just in shambles. And, and it happened every single, like April, it felt like every April, yeah. something bad was happening, something ridiculous yep. that shouldn't have happened in the playoffs. And this team that had just tons of talent and the best player in the league was bounced again. And it was just it, every year. Every it seemed, year. Yeah. That was my that was my one criticism about them every year. Is you just see it every playoff game just seemed like they were forever it was forever a power play for the other team. Yeah. Even with even with everyone on the ice. It just seemed like the the Caps could never get the puck on the other side. Yeah. It's yeah, it was just it was the worst, and like the same thing happened with um, the last 2017 uh, playoffs and the 2016 playoffs. They had their their biggest payroll ever. They had all of these high priced free agents. They the, the best team that they had ever fielded, and their GM didn't they break a bunch of NHL records one of those years oh, too? Yeah, like yeah, it was years. like the the fastest the the fastest time to like clinch. Yeah, fastest the most time to 100 points ever points. scored. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they were just shattering shattering records in the regular season, and then when they went to the playoffs, they lose the Penguins every single freaking time, and like. <laughs> yep. 2018 playoffs come along and I'm in I'm in I'm in Florida I'm in Disney World when they start playing the uh, the Carolina or Carolina the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets right and they go down two games to none and I'm just like well eh, whatever I'm in Disney World they can't ruin my bad my good mood okay like whatever caps so I come back from Florida and it's two games to one I'm like all right well they're gonna put some fight into this now it's tied two games to two they come back to D.C. It's three games to two caps. It's four games to two caps. They sweep them. Or, like, well, they swept them after losing those first two. And, like, 
Ovi's interview was like after the thing he was like I told everybody after game two we were winning the next four and like there was just something different about him I was like alright well Ovi's fired up alright good for him <laughs> they get to Pittsburgh same thing they lose the first game I was like oh, this is not good we're gonna lose Pittsburgh again and they fight back and it's tied 1-1 and they just keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and there was that game in DC it was game five right and they're down three to two going into the third period and it wasn't looking good and all of a sudden, Jacob Vrana is a rookie, right? He he gets yep. this pass, and his thing is, like, this dude is ridiculously fast. He takes this puck, like, springs the puck, and shoots down the ice, and, like, nobody's catching him. And I was like, what is he going to do? Oh, my. Holy crap. And he drops the pass to uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Kuznetsov just blisters this shot past Matt Murray and scores the goal. It's tied 3-3. This is, like, 15 seconds into the third period. I was like, oh, snap. I want to see what adjustments or what energy a team comes into a new period with. A pass ahead, Kuznetsov! Scores! And in alone comes Kuznetsov with a great pass from Verona. Terrific play right there. Had to just be picture perfect with it. And then they do it again. And it's now 4-3. And I was like, wait a minute. So, this ain't right. Like, th- something something bad's going to happen. Then it's 5-3. Then it's 6-3. I was like, th- you got to be kidding me. And then the game ends <laughs> 6-3. And, like, I'm elated. Because, yeah, I, I understand that this is only one game, right? But this is not what the Caps do. They fold on, at, at home ice. And, and I talked about this in one of our other um, episodes that we did when I was talking about um, how the D.C. fans responded. Because whether it's the Washington football team being just god-awful, whether it's the Wizards being a, 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 a <laughs> atrocious, whether it's the Nationals being disappointing, it's like DC fans had finally had enough. And you weren't seeing that negative response on social media like you used to. I mean, you were seeing some of it, but, you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, follow the um, hashtag uh, Believe DC. Um, we, we all worked together on trying to get rid of that. <laughs> and, and we were like, no, you need to be positive because we can do this if we root for them. You know, we need to be supportive of our teams. And you started seeing that people were starting to get positive. People were starting to be like, no, maybe we can do this. And after that game five win, normally the um, stairs of the National Portrait Gallery is like just covered in Penguins fans. That's where they go after they win a game in D.C. And it's fucking disgusting. It makes me want to vomit every time. But we won that game five game and Caps fans went to the stairs and we had never done this before. Caps fans went there and they were losing their minds and somebody had gotten a hold of a terrible towel and lit that shit on fire. And like, oh, I was like, snap. oh, damn. I was like, like, <laughs> we, like we, were, we were finally like pissed off enough to like to finally do something about it. And and then they managed to beat the Penguins in overtime to win the series in Pittsburgh. And that was even better because they did it and like they're going nuts and the Pittsburgh fans are just like flipping off the Capitals as they're really like, <laughs> celebrating. And it was just like it was like yeah, wait, you guys are so classy. Well done. Like it was it was just so awesome. And then like I, I honestly I, they were playing on house money as far as I was concerned. If they lost the the um Eastern Conference Finals, that would have sucked, but you know what? Whatever. They beat they the made it. they they beat Pittsburgh and they, they made they made it. They, right, yeah, and they broke that weird curse that we had, where we were, where all DC teams since 1991 were 0-69 when going into a game to get into the uh, the cha- uh, the championship level final. Um, Lord. So they broke that, right? And I guess they just were like, you know what? Let's just see if we can win the goddamn championship too while we're at it. And and they did. <laughs> 
they did. And like, never once was I just like, well, they're out of it. They're they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. They were down three games to two yeah. to Tampa, and I was like, no, you know what? They're gonna come back. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And you deserve all the credit for that because I I was the I was the pessimist in the group chat. I don't think I'm I was like, yeah, I wouldn't this is a wrap. I wouldn't let this you is, be negative. I was, like, I was like, no, this is a wrap. I was like, You're Marcus, done. Marcus, stop it. Believe DC. Hashtag believe DC. Yeah, I know. Believe DC. I got the shirt on yeah. right now. Right. Yeah, this is done. We we've seen this movie before. You know, God it ends. Nope. And, it, and and in the Eastern Conference Finals, it, it wasn't even just that they won the last two. They pushed the shutout. Oh, two shutouts in a row. And like if you like, if you watch that game six, the game six was the one in DC, right? You could tell there was a lot of nervous energy, right? But the Capitals were manhandling the lightning. It wasn't like they didn't like blow them out. I want to say it was like maybe like like three nothing, right? But like every time the lightning got the puck, like somebody was just nailing them. I mean, just nailing them against the wall, nailing them mid-ice. Like they were just on them relentless they were just like we're bigger than you and we're gonna win this game and there ain't shit you can do about it and the lightning were just like <laughs> yeah yeah you right and like <laughs> game seven in tampa was the same thing like the caps got up early like Ovi scored a goal like within like 35 seconds right so it's one nothing right yep and then the tampa bay defense like basically grabbed evgeny kuznetsov and pulled his jersey up over his equipment and threw it on the ice and tom wilson was having none of that and he basically started oh, a fight. Yeah. With, got it started a fight with the dude. Him and the dude both went to the penalty box for two minutes, <laughs> and they were talking shit to each other in the penalty box. And they were like, "As soon as this is over, I'm coming out and I'm beating your ass." And the guy was like, "Bring it on!" And Wilson just just ruined that dude's shit. And it, yeah, oh. yeah. And that's I remember watching that. At that moment is when I became <laughs> a hockey fan. Right? Like, I, I know that violence and fighting is bad, man, but I think that you, you start doing that in every single sport, and that's going to change yeah, things. Like, you do that in baseball. Game some you, people. You let, the, you let the pitcher and the batter that he just hit with the ball, like, duke it out instead of bench-clearing brawls. Like, that might change things a little bit. And, like, <laughs> it was just – and then even after that, they get to Vegas, right? And Vegas beats up on them in that first game, right? That first one. But yep. that, that second game, man, Caps get up 3-2. to two. Um, Vegas pulls their goalie. Um, that weird fluky shot bounces off the backboard and across the the, um, the crease, and they almost get a layup goal. But Braden Holby makes the most amazing save I've ever seen in my life. stop by Braden Holtby. It's an adventure right there. Now watch this. The puck goes across. Tuck has a wide open net and the paddle of the stick. Holtby. In Washington, they'll be calling this the save. And like, how many times have we seen another goalie or another outfielder or another defender or another wide receiver or another point guard do some shit like that to our teams? where they've just yep. done something amazing and we just had to watch it and just be like, I can't believe that just happened. But it happened for and, us and, this time. Yeah, and, and for context too, it's two minutes left in the third period at this point. 
and, and they seemingly have and what looks like it looks like an open net yeah. like it looks like oh this is just about to be a tie and uh and i'm sure you guys uh saw uh, you remember ovechkin's reaction like he was he he, he, thought, he, he, he looked like it, like us uh, they're about to score and then yeah. like that like he like the rest of dc nation collectively exhaled once we got over the shock of Holby making that save. Like, he, you, he had that look of, like, oh, my God, it's happening again. And then, like, and then it got replaced by, oh, my God, um, d- why isn't this game over yet? Because, like, well, I don't know if we can hold on to this lead. <laughs> like, I, I've, I've never seen anything like that. And yeah, and, and I wish I could say in the moment that, I, that that was the moment that I knew that we had this. But I, I, I didn't for sure. But that felt way different than anything we had ever seen yeah. before. And I was like, maybe this is the this is the point when maybe this is the point where it all changes. Like maybe this is when they finally get it. Yeah. And they went back to DC and they just they just beat the beat the brakes off of them in DC. Yeah, it was, it was four, <laughs> four straight, four straight. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and then like and and that that last game the 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 closeout game like the the energy everywhere was so nervous like dc dc was excited in the way that i've never in my 30 years of being in it inside in in dc and even though i was only 3 when the 91 super bowl happened so i i, yeah. I have no knowledge of that I got but <laughs> as far as my <laughs> conscience allows me to remember in the, the my years of being in the city i've never seen the city so energized around a team yeah everybody everybody had like caps fever everywhere in the city and it was people who you could tell probably weren't even really that big of a cap like they weren't really (laughs) hockey fans but they were rallying around the fact that hey we have a dc team that's really good and they're about to bring a title to dc for the first time in 25 years over 25 years Even it was exciting. It. it was so so exciting. Like I said, yeah. I you know I I became a hockey fan after that. Like watching that because it just everybody was so riled up. Yeah. And you know it was like okay we're actually gonna do something. We're actually yeah. we I, actually have you know a championship here on the line yeah. in DC and for them to win it. Oh my god! And, and, I remember, it, I went crazy. Yeah, and I, I was actually I was down by the now uh, it was the Verizon Center with the Capital One Center now. Uh, yeah, Cap- Capital One yeah. Arena. Yeah, Capital One yeah. Arena. Capital One Arena. Yeah, so I, I was like I was down there. I went to a bar nearby, you know, to 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 watch to to watch the the, the closeout game, and but the majority of, of Caps fans were actually outside of Capital One Arena just watching. On the um, the screens that they mm-hmm. had, they, they had actually set up uh, extra screens yeah. because of because of the crowd, so that no matter where you were, if you were within you were a watching. box radius oh. of Capital One Arena, you could watch this. You could watch this game to this see game. that crowd out yeah. in the in the streets like that oh. on the news. Oh my it, god! The energy the out there was so crazy. The energy was so crazy. Shoot, listen when when I tell you that you could hear you could hear that crowd. Like ten blocks away, when uh, Devontae Smith Pelly hit that goal to tie oh, it up, yeah, yo, Whew. it was it, it was so deafening out there. Smith Pelly carries Spiza off, Huck comes on back, Orpic through one around and touch Smith Pelly scores. Devontae Smith Pelly has tied the game. 
He beats Marc-Andre Fleury. What a play. What a keep. And yes, threes are wild here in the third period of Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. The man that had the game-winning goal in Game number five, 4, excuse me, Devontae Spitelli. He took that one off his skate to his stick. This time, same deal from his skate to his stick. And it's all time. It was so loud. And like, and it, I it, believe it. How cool is it, too? Like, Lars Eller scores the game-winning goal, right? And that's, that's, that's all well and good. But that goal that Devontae Smith-Pelly scored, diving across the ice and, and slapping that puck right past uh, yeah. Marc-Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. But not only that, and, in Chocolate City, like, representing Chocolate yeah. City with a chocolate hockey player. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody about this, like, how, how important... People don't understand how important this guy is, like, to this yeah. city. And, like, he, he, he does all of this incredible charity work with underprivileged African-American youth in the area. Like, he's turning black kids into hockey fans. And, like, yep. it, it's it's incredible. Like it's that, he's not even he's not even like the best player on the team. He's not even like the best yeah. forward on the team. No, but still to see somebody he, that yeah. has your same skin tone and kind of you know that yeah. is brown yeah. like you, like oh snap, it's awesome. we yeah, can do it, this too. It, had, and, and it's and it's awesome because he's not from here. Yeah. He, I mean his sto- his story just in the playoffs was was already amazing as it is but for him mm-hmm. to not be from here yeah and to he's come what, here he's and, canadian isn't he yeah he's, yeah he's from uh toronto i believe uh i might be wrong on that he's, he's uh, he is canadian but yeah for him to come here he's not he's not from here he has no real connection to this area to to, to come here and to openly embrace the city openly embrace fort dupont uh fort dupont which is the the oldest and longest running black oh, hockey yeah Program in America, and for like when 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 Devontae when he had that um, that uh, situation happen earlier with where uh, those uh, fans at that for I forget what team it was, it was who said Hawks. the race yeah, in Chicago Blackhawks yeah. said the the slur to him, yeah. and you know fans were donating money to them, and all he did was redirect that ten thousand yeah. dollars right to Fort Dupont to to help to help them out, and and and, and to be honest, it's not even just Devontae like the entire the, the Caps have. Yeah fully embraced Fort DuPont and and none of almost none of those guys have any real connection to the DC area or to that program. They're not from here. It's why and, they're and, the number one team in DC now. It's why it's yeah. why this is no longer a football town. Yeah, I mean like when when they brought the Stanley Cup here, they did two they they had two different runs at Fort DuPont. Ovechkin brought brought the, brought the Stanley Cup there and Devontae Smith-Pelly Again, brought the Stanley Cup back to Fort Dupont. <laughs> like awesome. that, like that's that's amazing, and 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 that's that's the reason that the Capitals absolutely deserve yeah. all the love and attention that this city has unfortunately dedicated to the next team we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I just want to end on that note that that with the Caps that they're the, they're the fucking champions. That is so goddamn exciting. <laughs> and like, yep. I don't for a, for a minute there, I, I got kind of elitist about it because there were certain people, and we know some of these people too, who don't even care about sports, who were showing up to events, and they were like, "Go Caps!" And you're just like, "Fuck off, come on." But then like, but at the same time, I didn't care because it was like, my Caps are winning. Whatever, whatever poser, do what you got to do. You know, like it was all good though because they won and did the fucking champions uh. of the world and like 2019 <laughs> right now they're they're looking good they're, they're looking like they're gonna get back to the playoffs again and that's it's i i posted this on facebook i was like what do you what are you anticipating the most in 2019 
And one of my friends called it. Like, he's like, I can't wait to see how the world champion Washington Capitals respond in the playoffs. And I'm the same way. Even if they don't win, I'm okay. Because they're still the fucking champions. Like, I just want to see them do another playoff run. And if it goes to another cup and they win another cup, that's going to be amazing. But nothing is ever going to be like that first run, man. That was just incredible. On that note... I want to trash this team so bad, guys, and we got to do it in like 14 minutes because I know you guys want to go at nine because you got the R. Kelly thing that we got to watch. So um, yeah, <laughs> let's let, let's laugh, let's Mike. each <laughs> let's each take a couple of minutes to really just trash this, this this football team. I want the Capitals to take over this city, like you have no idea. But boy, do I understand why the football team has been okay. The football team is the longest standing team here. Okay, they've been here since 19. 39, I believe. Um, yeah. Or 36. It was something like that. Um, I can't remember exactly when they came to D.C., but the bottom line is this. This city grew up around this football team. This football team has always been here, okay? But here's the problem with that, is they've taken advantage of their of the good nature of this city. They've taken advantage of their status of untouchable. Well, they're not untouchable anymore because they're bullshit. They're run by an asshole owner. They're run by a, like a a waste of a suit of a general manager. Their stadium is garbage. Their on-field product could have been good had they had decent management. One, two, a decent training staff. Three, a coach that knows how to actually coach his players because Everybody says that Gruden is a player's coach, but that's not always a good thing because if they're not practicing enough, they're not going to be flexible enough for the game. That's why you're seeing injuries. But on the flip side, I hear I'm hearing stories that Bill Callahan, the offensive line coordinator, is like running them into the ground in practice, so much so that they're all injured going into the games only to get further injured. So like Something is horribly, horribly broken with this team, and they continue to trot out this bullshit average product every single year and expect us to just keep paying for tickets and buying jerseys. And then we say, the fans say, not in unison, but pretty divided, but you see the country in general say, listen, maybe y'all should do something about this racist name. So what do they do? They hire a PR firm to go ask a bunch of white people in Pennsylvania who identify themselves as quote unquote Native Americans to say, hey, the name's not racist. Hey, look, 87% of these Native Americans that we asked said that this wasn't racist. Well, who are the people that you asked? Well, they're from Pittsburgh. What the fuck do people from Pittsburgh care about this? Hey, you want to ask people who are actual Native Americans? Go to North Dakota. Go to South Dakota. Go to New Mexico. Go to Minnesota, where the highest percentage of Native Americans live. Not fucking Pennsylvania. Like, they they lie to us, and they expect that that is going to be okay. And, like, that's what frustrates me the most, is, is if any team I have a more emotional attachment to... Of any of the teams, it's 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 the football team because my dad loves the football team. My grandfather loves the football team. My grandfather was an Arlington County cop for 25 years and used to know the players because some of them lived in Arlington. Like he grew up around this team because they came here when he was getting a job as a police officer. And this is the way that they treat the community. This is the way that they treat their fans. They they sued like what was it like a 75 year old woman who had cancer yeah because she couldn't pay for her season tickets they sued her that's how you treat that's how you treat your fans by by having this garbage stadium by charging what 30 bucks 40 bucks for parking having a metro stop that's more than a mile away from your stadium like it 
it shouldn't you shouldn't have to prepare yourself to go to a football game by being like all right well let me make sure i got my good hiking shoes on let me stretch before i get off the metro because if i don't i pull a hamstring walking all the way to the damn football game like i understand a mile is really not that far but like do you see how that comes off as they don't give a damn about us and like, mm-hmm. not only that too. They're the only team in the NFL in the last twenty-five years to not have an eleven-game, eleven wins in a season. Every other team, the Raiders. The Raiders are garbage. They've had an eleven-win season. The Lions. The, the Lions are garbage. Yeah, They've the had Browns. an eleven-win season. The Browns have had an eleven-win season. The Jaguars <laughs> have had an eleven-win season. Like expansion teams that just came into existence in the last decade or so. The Texans. Yeah, the, the Texans. Texans have only been around since '05. It just, it, it became, I'm one of those people I'm loyal as long as I possibly can be until it hurts. You know, you know when like you want to be loyal to somebody or something, but like they've just crapped on you and crapped on you and crapped on you over and over again and you just can't, you can't justify it anymore. That's how I feel about this, man. And like, I want to root for this team. I want them to do well, but like Dan Snyder's got to change. Management's got to change. They have to do something and none of it's working. Like none of it is working. I've I've said my piece. Y'all take this from here. <laughs> Go ahead, Tamika. Tamika, Tamika, yeah, definitely, because I want to hear yeah. from you. Because I thought you were gonna be a lifer. Like there was nothing they could do to lose your loyalty. But you're you're off the bandwagon too, aren't you? Yeah, I had to, and it started um, when we got Sanchez. After Alex went down, after Colt went down, and I found out that Sanchez was. Uh, the starting quarterback? Absolutely not. I've never been a fan of his, so therefore, you know, I I, I wasn't rooting. I I was rooting, but I wasn't rooting. I wasn't really rooting for them. Yeah. So, I what game was that? Um, was it the Giants game? Yeah. Whatever game that he started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Giants game. Yep. So you know, he, he's throwing passes. He's sucking. You know, just sucking like normal. Sanchez sucks. I get on Instagram and I make this post. I'm yelling like, and this is me and how I was feeling at the time. Like I'm yelling like, if you don't put somebody else in right now, take Sanchez's ass out because he's clearly not the one. He's not the one. So I made that Instagram post. Some some people retweeted it or whatever and reposted it. After that, Josh Johnson comes in. There's a sense of hope there. I gained a sense of hope. I'm like, okay, well, maybe we can do, you know, maybe we can do a little something. Josh Johnson starts. He wins that game in Tampa. And then, you know, it's just kind of downhill from there. You got the whole Mason Foster thing that happened. You got DJ Swearinger calling out uh, the coaching staff or Greg Minuski about the coaching and then about the practices not being hard enough. Just a whole lot of shit. And I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't do it because we suck. Yeah. We suck. I know that we suck. I say that we suck every damn year. It started out so good. Everything was promising. And then that Texans game is, is that Texans game changed everything. And I'm not racist by any means, but I'm 